You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That Ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. I think what you're trying to ask is uh, why am I so insistent upon giving out to them that blackness, that black power, that black pushing them to identify with uh, 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 black culture. I think that's what you're asking. It's, it's, I have no choice over it. In the first place, to me, we are the most beautiful creatures in the whole world, black people. I mean, and I mean that in every, every sense, uh, outside and inside. And to me, we have a culture that uh, is surpassed by, 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 by no other civilization, but we don't know anything about it. So, again, I think I've said this before in the same interview, I think, uh, sometime before, my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. I am your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Jendaya Hill-Jones. And welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of intelligent radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Good morning, Jendaya. Glad to have you back in the saddle with me once again. It's been a little minute. How are you doing out there, Queen? She's back. <laughs> All is a blessing, baby. I am well and excited to be back. No, absolutely, man. We have a, an incredibly powerful show uh, prepared for us this morning. We have a couple of special guests, and we'll get them introduced as well. Both are returning guests. We're going to start with Dr. G, or Dr. Drill Hassel, author of The Impact of Father Absence on American Boys. If you will, Dr. G, say hello to the intellectual outcast out there listing hello to Jen Dye. And if you will give a little bit of your background in reference to today's discussion question, which I haven't quite liked the bag that people haven't seen the promotions, but if you will, King, thank you again for being with us, but give, let's tell people about yourself a little bit. Good morning. Good morning, family. How are you? Good morning, Jen Dye. Um, yeah, I'm a clinical good psychologist. I've been, good morning. I, uh, I've been working in the field as a clinical psychologist for about 25 years, and my focus has been with African-American men and boys and their families, um, dealing with emotional, mental health issues. Um, and um, my book, The Impact of Father Absence on African-American Boys, actually came out of my dissertation where, you know, I looked at some of the uh, – risk factors associated for African-American boys who grew up without their fathers. So I've been working in this field for quite some time. I've worked uh, from prisons to college campuses, and I currently have a private practice today where I still work with some clients as well. Nah, thank you. Love it. Another returning guest, Brother Donald Atchison, 
who's on the road, so you may hear a little background noise from him traveling on the road. But thank you, King, for being with us once again. Uh, for what I understand, we only have you for about 30 minutes, so we're going to try to make it as powerful as possible. Uh, but for what I understand, this brother, you are a karate master and also started uh, the powerful homeschooling um, program for your own children. So if you will, King, again, thanks for being with us. Tell people a little bit more about yourself, and we'll get started with this morning's discussion question. All right. Thank you, Montoya, for having me again on your show. Um, my background, in, um, uh, when it comes down to business, I've been an entrepreneur all of my life. I was in the Marine Corps for four years. I was a military police officer. Um, I'm a real estate investor, and that's where I got my economic start. I guess I am a master in martial arts. Uh, I have two martial arts schools. I have a private school that I started that runs in conjunction with the martial arts schools, and that's um, pretty much all. Oh, I do have an academic background. Um, I have a, a degree in psychology, sociology, business, education, and currently I'm um, in medical school to be a naturopathic doctor. So as you can see, we have a renaissance man on the line with us for these 30 minutes. We're going to steal as much as we can from this brother, but thanks all of you for being with us. So let the cat out the bag for those that are first-time listeners. We, again, I go by the name Black Socrates, so I like to do the show in the form of a question. And so this morning's discussion question is, does our society disregard black fathers? Does our society disregard black fathers? Queen is the queen, the resident queen this morning. We'll start with you the way we always start. When I called you and said that is the discussion question worded that way, what was your first initial thought? Don't go too deep into the second or third thought. We're going to get everybody's first thought on it. So what was your first thought, Queen? Yes. (laughs) That was my first thought. Yes, absolutely. I feel like there is more... uh, uh, the highlights of the negatives, like that is pushed to the forefront uh, than than the positive uh, when it comes to black men in the home or black men in the lives of their children. All right. Thank you for that first initial thought. Dr. G, if you will, when I called you and said, hey, Dr. G, we definitely need a therapist on this. We want to go deep with it. What was your first initial thought when you heard the question worded particularly that way? Yeah, I would agree with your co-host. I mean, the answer is yes. So, you know, when you look at things from different perspectives, from education, from laws that are in place in the area of, uh, you know, child support, how divorce affects fathers, um, yeah, definitely I would say that the answer is yes. All right. And, again, my man, Donald Atchison is on the road, so you may hear a little background noise from him. But if you will, King, your first initial thought as well. Again, this is how we start every show. Just like to hear how the question, I like to personally hear how the question hits for my guests. So when you first heard that question, what was your first initial thought as well? Yeah, I have an aggressive personality, so my first thought was uh, it's irrelevant. All right, love it. I love it. I love it. So the brother says it's irrelevant. I will highlight, um, if you do follow my personal page, I share Donald's live that he did this week that I thought was very powerful, almost in regard to this very question. Uh, matter of fact, let's dig a little deeper with you since, since I did share that live and kind of putting you on the spot. But if you could think about just a couple of things that you said, I, I hear that you say, hey, this question is irrelevant in your first initial thought. In my opinion, some of the things you spoke about connect to this show. So kind of putting you on the spot, what would you say the things that you pointed out in your live this week 
are relevant that are, are relevant to this show, although you feel this question is somewhat irrelevant. Your thoughts, King? I don't feel the question is irrelevant. I feel it's irrelevant from the perspective that um, okay. that we we are looked at from a particular position. So gotcha. the the reason the reason why I've been able to break through so many so called glass ceilings is because I don't, like for instance people often say we are not doing this or if we came together and did this then this would happen. Well, if I set this the stage for what we will do, nothing will ever get done. So I look at it from a perspective of what I need to do personally. So when there's a problem in the black community with our our children, our black fathers, I don't wait for the next father to do what he's supposed to do. I live a life getting up doing what I'm supposed to do. So I look at it as an irrelevant situation. It doesn't matter what's against me. It doesn't matter if that's a fact for our people per se, because if I set that up as a fact, then that's going to be one of the hurdles that I'm that I'm that I'm, I'm up against, and I don't need that as a hurdle. So I deal with what I'm supposed to do, and I connect with other brothers and sisters who are doing what they're supposed to do. Uh, I can't remember the detail of what my video was about because sometimes I put out videos that are similar and, and dissimilar, and I put out so many right. I can't recall. But yeah, if you have something specific for me, I can hit that point. Nah, just what you said now is beautiful, and again, I would just highly recommend. Scroll down my page. It's only a couple, a few days back was when you did recently. I definitely respect. Yeah, like you said, you do a bunch of videos. So the one I'm talking about may not stand out for you. But, again, you were just really talking about, and, again, I'm about to go to break. So just highlighting, please go back and check out um, Donald Atchison's live. It's, almost, it's a clear, it's clear and obvious. I do lives as well. So it's the one that don't look like me for those that follow my page. But the brother really put it down and gave us a major, major three cents, as we like to call people's opinions on this show, because I consider us having the smartest audience in all of radio. So my audience helps make the show. I see some of y'all out there on the line. We will be getting y'all in on this morning's show, but we are up against the first break. We'll be right back as we get hot and heavy into this morning's discussion question. Does our society disregard black fathers? We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Hey, Smithoff, where you find that Prince Vinyl of the Times on Vinyl at? Real talk, you got a dope vinyl collection. What, you been collecting them, like, over the years or something? No, actually, I just started my collection. But my man Tobago over at DBS Sounds, he be hooking me up. You remember DBS Sounds? On the south side? They still around? I figured most of the record stores in Atlanta be closed by now. Hey, vinyl is the new wave, and DBS Sounds got the best collection in town. You can still go there and flip through vinyl. They still got CDs and mixtapes, too. Let me check their IG page at DBS Sounds ATL. They still be having artists in stores and everything. Hey, you want to run by there? Hey, man, I ain't got time right now. I got to go back to Cali tomorrow, but I might have to catch them next time. I'm in. Oh, nah, you good. Even when you get home, you can just shop at their online store at dbssounds.com. They'll ship directly to you anywhere in the country. Matter of fact, jump on dbssounds.com on your phone and order straight from there. Word? Hey, I'm about to get my music game up. Hey, what's their address? In case I get a chance to swing by there, I'm, I'm going to pick up that new Kendrick Lamar CD. Oh, they at 6604 Highway 85, Riverdale, Georgia. Bet. <laughs> 
90% of American inmates are men, 75% of which grew up without a father. 63% of youth suicides come from fatherless homes, which means you are five times more likely to kill yourself if you are growing up without a dad. 90% of all homeless runaway children are from fatherless homes. 85% of children who grow up with behavioral disorders come from fatherless homes. We are 20 times more likely to have a behavioral disorder if we grew up without a father figure. 80% of all rapists come from fatherless homes. We are 14 times more likely to rape somebody if we grew up without a dad. 71% of all high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. We are nine times more likely to drop out of school if we don't have a father figure at home. Malachi chapter 4 verse 6, his preaching will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. Otherwise, I will come and strike the land with a curse. It will not go well with us if we do not have good male role models and healthy father figures. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host, Jendiah Hill-Jones. This morning's discussion question, does our society disregard black fathers? Our special guest is Dr. Gerald Hassel, as well as Donald Atchison. Dr. G, we're going to start with you as we hear some somewhat recent stats about the results that we're seeing in society, not just the African-American community, if you will, but just in society due to the unfortunate um, number of fatherless homes, what can typically happen, not always, but what can typically happen without that father figure. So when you hear those stats as the author of the impact of father absence on African-American boys, what stood out to you or what would you like to speak to? Well, I mean, it's consistent, you know, with the data that I found in my research and, you know, it's been consistent over the decades that this is the case. Um, it's important to, 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 to make a distinction that a father who is not living in the home does not necessarily mean that the child is father absent. So we need to make that distinction. There are millions of men who are not living under the same roof <laughs> as their children who are active in the lives of their child, those risk factors are not associated with that population. When we speak about father absence in my book and what is being referred to in terms of those statistics are boys who do not have a relationship with their father, who do not know their father, and that there is no father figure in their lives or in the home the risk factors go up exponentially in terms of suicide, incarceration, high school dropout, teen pregnancy. So that data is consistent across, you know, pretty much all the research that I've seen. I love it. Um, Donald, your thoughts in hearing those numbers? Um, love, with, you know, the groove you were in right before the break, but your thoughts in hearing those numbers as well. Oh, I'm sorry. I got the brother. He's driving, driving, so I'm kind of muting him in and out so we can get his background noise out. Sorry about that, brother. Uh, you're live now. Go ahead, brother. So those numbers are the reason why I live the life that I live, because I know that they're present. I know that they're obstacles. And so I, I choose to, uh, one, I recognize that this society is not going to change and that uh, I'm responsible for making the society that I'm comfortable living in. And he's absolutely right. You know, even though I have this, this great background and I've become a millionaire at 29 and all these other things, it doesn't take away my background history. You know, I did go to prison. My father was in prison. 
uh, my mother married again. Uh, my brother's father was in prison. My brother went to prison. He's out now. Um, my mother married again. She married a, a relatively decent dude. Uh, my other three siblings never went to prison. So, and I didn't have a relationship with my father. My brother didn't have a relationship with his father. Those statistics are real and are the reason why I live my life uh, from the perspective of that the statistics are irrelevant in this regard, that if I wait for other people to help change them or if I wait for the, the society to look at things different regarding black fathers, nothing's going to ever change. My first son is not my biological son. I did 17 years in prison and met that boy in prison and decided to take him as my son in prison. I Later, he paroled. He became my son. I adopted him as an adult. My second son is my, my uh, wife's biological child, and my last child is my biological child. And I'm there for all of those children actively engaged in their lives. Even though one's 35, he's with me full-time in our business. The second one is 27. He's with me full-time in our business. And my 7-year-old is a prodigy. Love it. And she sure enough is a prodigy. Uh, <laughs> we might highlight that before we let you go. Uh, Jendaya, uh, your thoughts in reference to those stats as well, Queen. I'm in agreement pretty much with what, what all the brothers have just said. Uh, you know, yes, the stats definitely um, um, are in alignment with what the consequences are, you know, uh, of what's happening in that in that space because of that. However, just because of them not being in the home um, does not mean that the fathers are inactive. So I think that those are more related towards um, the fathers that are inactive, but it also makes me question whether or not they are, uh, those statistics are including the co-parenting with the active fathers, you know. So, yeah. I got you. And so let me highlight this very briefly as someone who obviously, for those that know me, love to bring stats to the table, if you will. And the thing that I always um, like to highlight is even when you hear, quote, unquote, damning stats of this nature, um, sometimes in certain circles you can share these stats and people take the actual numbers personal. And I always try to warn against that. And so um, sometimes in sharing, again, numbers like this, and you say, okay, there's numbers kind of show that, maybe, hey, there's clearly a problem. When someone takes it personal, they'll start highlighting the successful cases on the other side. So let's say one of the numbers was 70% chance of this. Well, yeah, there's 30% people who didn't have that effect. And so, yeah, that may be someone who's in that 30% who's show, showing well because the stat didn't say 100%. But I'm only highlighting this out that sometimes people disregard the numbers almost as if they're not real because they are the exception or they don't they don't they don't fit in and a lot of times dialogues get bogged down because people want to focus on well it doesn't guarantee a bad thing it doesn't change the fact that this outcome the chances are not in your favor based on these results because the stats are just covering the results the stats are not saying this is what will happen they're just saying this is what tends to happen based on this reality. So I like to make that distinction sometimes mm -hmm. because I because people are quick to disregard stats when they don't understand them. And then I love how Dr. G highlighted Montoya. it. Go ahead. Please jump in. Montoya, I think the other thing that is important to understand regarding the data is 
that there's a difference between descriptive analysis and prescriptive analysis. And so that data is prescribing, I mean, it's describing a particular picture. But as African-Americans, we must understand how the data is prescribed to the black community, you understand? So how do we, mm-hmm. how, how does mm-hmm. the power prescribe father absence in the black community? How does it prescribe mass incarceration of black men? Right? And this is the difference between seeing things through a Eurocentric perspective where you just describe things and um, you're breaking up, Doctor G. I don't know if you're getting a bad connection. You're, Missy, can you say something again? We just we just missed the last thing you said. Yeah, I'm saying that it's important to understand how these conditions are prescribed to the black community, right? So there's a difference between descriptive analysis and a, and prescriptive analysis. And for us, we have to understand how these conditions are prescribed, right? So how Absolutely. is mass incarceration prescribed, right? just like any other prescription, right? These things are set up, right? You know, the conditions are prescribed for these particular outcomes. So I think it's important to make that that distinction. Absolutely. No, absolutely, absolutely. And, and just to highlight the stats that I just played, again, that was an overall number, not particular to our community, um, but love that point. And it's absolutely necessary to know the difference. So, yeah, you want to understand the stats as best as possible. I was just kind of highlighting when people are quick to dismiss numbers as if the, those numbers are saying this is what will be the outcome. You know what I mean? And that's never the case. They're just literally just showing the results and, in a sense, the chances and so I always tell as a community, you want to try to play towards the best situation, if you will. Um, Dindar, if you will, you started out this morning saying, hey, you think the society disregards black fathers. Go deeper into that thought, Queen. Uh, indeed. I just feel like that we, um, uh, yes, they just need to do a better job you know, often, and I, I consider the fact that I, I am also uh, not only am I married to a black man, of course, but I'm also raising black sons. You know, and and I have my uh, my eldest son, who has who who is experiencing that, uh, who has experienced it in the court systems, uh, even personally, and how they respond to black men that are active. You know, uh, in their child's life, how it is. Barely like disregarded, even after um, you get the other side to say, "Hey, yes, he does have her have the child most of the time," but they're saying, "Hey, well, because you know she filed for government assistance first; she's a primary guardian." That's dismissive, <laughs> you know. Um, when you're dealing with the fact, when it even comes to the, to the media, it, and even those statistics, it's always being pushed. It's like what what uh, Doc said about uh, uh, knowing the difference, uh, the, the descriptions of how they're putting us out there uh, collectively when it comes to our men. And, um, yeah, that's that, that's it for me. It's like they, they, the way that the description is not the prescription, if I would say the least. And I feel like um, it doesn't, we don't get enough attention to the brothers like them uh, that are online right now that are active in the communities. If we change this narrative, just starting within our own communities, you know, then we can have an even better outcome, and we will shift even their statistics, uh, if that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Um, 
Donald, mm-hmm. any thoughts to Jendai? For the callers out there, if you want to get in on this discussion, you do have to press one. I do see several callers out there. If you're just listening, not a problem. If you're online, oh, if you're online, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, that's 646 646- Seven eight seven one six nine one. You have to press one to let us know you want to speak. Um, I love your perspective, um, Donna. When you say, "Hey, I don't really care if quote unquote they do or not," um, you just have to do, in a sense, what you have to do. But just in hearing the Queen's response, any thoughts that she said that maybe stood out to you? You would like to jump on? Let me bring you back live again, brother. All right, sorry about that. All right, there you go. You live. What, what stands out to me, you know, uh, the statistics are can be discouraging, and they, you know, but also they can be encouraging as well. And uh, when we look at the, the society that we live in, even when we don't think something is against us, it's at its root against us, and sometimes it's it's, it's purposeful, and, and, and it's a conscious effort, and sometimes it's it's a, a diabolical unconscious thing that's taking place that's just been happening in our society for so long we're not even aware that this is uh, racism we're not aware that this is against us we're not aware that this is actually harming us most of us can't associate what's happening to us beyond if, if it goes too many years uh, back because we're used to like hey this person hit me in the face and i can see this but we're not used to how things were set up from maybe years ago or decades ago or uh, generations ago that's actually affecting us and uh, and, and, the, and the plight of the black father and this is what hurt me the sister is married to a brother and has black sons and said brothers just need to get it together that's why i don't put a lot of effort into the bigger picture because i know that in my personal life in order to have any control i have to deal with the things that i have control over and 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 brothers can be discouraging you know, from many different levels. And this, this may, some people may say I'm going too far, but I can, I'm from San Diego. I can drive up and down the street and never run into a brother that's fit, that's in shape, that's not smoking cigarettes, that's not drinking, that, that has a, a consistent job or even owns his own home. I, I, won't, I can't run into brothers like that on a consistent basis, and it's discouraging. So I don't have any control over that, but through my martial arts school, I have requirements. You know, like through my private school, I'll start with that. No parent can sign up in my private school who's not actively engaged in college, which means they must, within six months, enroll in a college program, even if it's just a one-credit or one-unit course. They cannot have their child in my school unless they're in college. Parents in my martial arts school, 95% of them are married couples. When they're not, I'm actively engaged in, where's the dad? Where's the mom? Where, where, where the, you know, you don't have to be together, but you two need to be involved in my martial arts program. You know, I, and it's not like I'm going to push their kid out, but I push solid structures to help these children. I use the tools that I have to do my job, and I take it serious because I understand both sides. I was a military police officer, so I understand the law. I was arrested for my crimes as a military police officer did 17 years. I understand how the system could be against you, and I understand how more time for being black and i understand um the different things that can take place when there's a male father not present in a child's life i love it dr g any thoughts to hearing 
um, Donald break down his perspective and what he's doing at his school. Any thoughts about what you're hearing him in reference to how he's structuring his world with the parents that he's involved with? Yeah, I agree with my hundred percent. You know, I, I certainly, you know, know that um, all too often we get bogged down in the we, and it can become paralysis of analysis. So, because we cannot be held accountable, only I can be held accountable. It's important for each of us to look at how we can bribe the conditions that we want in terms of healthy fathers, healthy families. So this brother here is prescribing that for those who are in contact with his school, that they must have college enrollment. They have other, he mm-hmm. has other prescriptions, right? So, so this, this is how we prescribe our outcomes, right? Rather than just sitting around describing what appears to be very bleak outcomes, we can then understand how all of this stuff is engineered and it's been engineered for several generations, right? We can pull it apart and re-engineer it from our perspective and from a position of power and strength. And, and, and the outcomes are quite clear that once we prescribe our own conditions, that we see these risk factors go down exponentially as well. All right. So, yeah, I, I agree with them 100%. And, and, and that's pretty much how I function as well. You know, it's like, what, what can I do? I'm not trying to be bogged down with, with groups of people who are just talking around about, you know, what things look like, like, Let's get something done. And so, you know, I agree with that. I love it. Um, Brother Don, I want to make sure I respect your time. Uh, I just want to highlight, I got a a three-minute poem I'm about to play from this amazing spoken word artist. We actually broke this poem down at last night's Mental Dialogue Live Experience. Your daughter, we got to get you to Atlanta so you can participate in one of these. We had an amazing one last night as we discussed Black Fathers Are Needed, period. And so, Donald, if you, uh, I know you got a meeting. Do you have about four more minutes? I would love for you to hear this poem and get a thought from you before you leave. But if not, we will definitely let you go. Uh, you got my time, brother. All right, cool. So, Because you, you do need to go, right? I just want to make sure I just get you for these last few minutes, if I'm understanding. Yeah, All right, perfect. I do need to go, but I, I'm here. Right, I'm perfect. here for you. All right, cool. So I'm about to play this poem. I just want to hear your thoughts to this poem, and then we'll let you get out of here, and you can let people know how to stay in contact with you and have, get access to you. Uh, to your school and everything as well. All right, so we're going to go to this quick break, which is, again, this amazing poem called A Son With No Father is a Book With No Author, uh, which is a book written by Papi Picasso, but this poem is, the, in a sense, the lead poem. We played this last night, and we broke it down. So Jendaya, Dr. G, as well as um, Donald, you'll be asked first. When you hear this poem, point out anything that stands out to you, and that'll be the dialogue, and we'll, again, get Donald Fox first because he has to go. All right, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Let me think. Let me think. I know I'll put you on the spot. I didn't even prepare you for that. All right, how about this? I'm going to give you the uh, the uh, title poem of the book. Okay, love it. Hey, you a son with no father is a book with no author a main character that's developed by his peers and his barber, lost in the pages, wondering if his speeches reflect that of the artist, but he can't tell because tears blurry his vision that chased his birthday cake when he just needed to be watered. A son with no father is a plant with no light, a seed trying desperately to bud with all of its might, hoping to bloom in spite of the gloom that he faces every night when he just needed you there, King to read him a sweet lullaby. 
son with no father is a player with no coach, a slave with no hope. A burning desire for freedom, but the longing from his dad only keeps him dangling from that rope when he just needed you there to keep your promises. A son with no father is left with women that eat their young, forced to feed on that boy's masculinity until he thinks he wanted them. Lost in pop culture, trying to discover his identity with no place to learn it from when he just needed you there, King. Set the example. You see, he needed that balance. Oh, that boy deserves both of his parents. He did nothing to deserve being abandoned and would rather walk in his father's shadow. But in the man's absence, it's the little boy that has to be the one to cast it. His imagination holds the graphic of the perfect dad captured, a slave to an image that will never be mastered. There is no hand to craft it. There is no magic in rabbits. There's no one to show him how to hold the bat at baseball practice. Now, remember, young man, Keep your back elbow up. Don't crowd the plate and never take. There's no one to show him how to throw his hands so he doesn't get his narrow ass kicked. Remember, King, always keep your guard up. You tuck your chin and you punch across the middle. There's no one to point out a good woman or the definition of what a good ass set is. Now, remember, I would like to take a walk with you one day. Mommy can try her very best but she can't be all the things that this man is. No one to share an adventure in all things that are man-ish. Now her role is just as important to provide him with balance and order, but a son with no father is haunted by the thoughts of being fostered, hoping that he could protect his future son and daughter from all of the lessons that your absence taught him. Have you ever tried to read a book that's missing an introduction? No presses to prepare that youngin' for what's coming. Yet the numbing effects of your absence creates a heartless dummy that walks around town with that full pound and finds everything funny. You do, money, because you fail to realize a son with no father is much, much more than a book with no author or a boy with no dad. He is the immaculate conception because he birthed himself. I said he is a young god. Because you just that boy sperm donor, painfully obvious that you are no man. Now, a son with no father is out here trying to find the words to complete his story in the absence of its author. Thanks, sir. Love it. We're breaking that one down tomorrow. Spit it again. Let's Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Again, I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Jendaya Hill-Jones. This morning's discussion question, does our society disregard Black Father's special guest, Dr. Gerald Hassel, as well as Donald Atchison? Donald, we're going to let you jump in. If any part of that poem stood out, speak to it, and we'll let you go, King. But thank you so much for being with us. And before you go, let people know how they can be in contact with you as well. But definitely wanted to get a final thought from you in reference to that poem. Thank you, King, for your for your time with us this morning. Yeah, Montoya. You know what? I want to uh, thank you for allowing me to be able to participate. I think what you have here as far as the show and then your commitment to positivity is really great. I remember uh, I, I realized the depth of our relationship once I saw how we uh, have different views on COVID, but we were able to uh, interact with one another from an intellectual and just being brothers. You know, uh, we have differences Absolutely. and it is what it is. That that poem right there, um, it, it, it just it, it, it hit me. 
it hits me um, and it lets me know um, the, the work that I had to do to become a, a really good father, not only to my own children, but to other children who need them as well. Uh, you know, to step in where it is that I that I can and where I have to step in, um, where I'm committed to stepping in. Um, it, it reminds me of the work that I personally had to do because my, my biological father uh, was in, has been so far incapable of being the man that I need him to be. So I had to find out what type of father that I personally needed and seek out uh, th- those things through other men and through studies and through recovery and etc. I had to pull it from here and pull it from there and piece it together to so that I could be enough of a human being to be a really decent father myself. Uh, that children and male children shouldn't have to do it like that, but it's going to be done. It, or if it's not being done by a father, we have to step up and do it ourselves. And if that can't happen, which is likely not to happen, a person very hard for a person to pull themselves up, uh, then people are males who are, capable have to step in for these children that don't have these fathers you know and that's kind of like the the life that i've set up um it's a it's a poem that just reminds me of the uh, condition that my people are in and and it just also reminds me that the job's not done and i'm not going to stop no i love it i gotta highlight this before you go um you started a um a homeschool accelerated homeschool program and um, what I understand, your nine-year-old—I mean, I'm sorry, your your youngest, your seven-year-old—you're looking to have her start college in the next couple of years, from what I understand. So I I just want to throw it out there because I love when when we got people out there doing yes. brilliant things, and if I got an opportunity to yes. highlight that, even though that's not directly related to this show, it is because you are her father and you're pushing her yes. in this direction. So if you can highlight that before you go, yes. and we'll let you go. Thank you, King. My- my, my seven-year-old, so what I did is even though I have a private school, I chose to leave my uh, biological child in the public school system to demonstrate that it's possible to use the system to get the job done. So my seven-year-old uh, will be, she's in the public school system. She starts college in two years. Um, now she's, and that's because I'm, I'm the primary educator in her life, and the public school system is a supplemental system. And, and not only does she start college in two years, we've already sought out and found two coaches that were previously in the Olympics that are going to start to train our child so that she can also uh, at least have a shot at, at running track in the Olympics. Her mother was going towards the Olympics. I had an opportunity to go to the Olympics uh, and, and martial arts, and I just didn't. I just dropped the ball. Her, my, my wife's parents dropped the ball with her. She didn't make it to ensure my daughter's. Uh, opportunities aren't cut off because I'm not a good parent. So thank you for giving me an opportunity to put that out there as well. I'm not bragging on my daughter, but I'm saying that uh, I can I can share be. what I know yeah, with no, other we parents. Bragging. Well, we bragging, I, I, I'm happy. I'm happy. You're about to make it cut. I'm, I'm about happy to make about it. it. We bragging, yeah. damn it. That's right, brother. Um, but, you know, I, I share that information to let people know um, that, you know, I, I, I'll help you. I'll share what, I, what I've got. I don't need your money and your resource. Uh, I, I don't have a problem sharing, but often I get discouraged and I have to let it go and keep doing my job when I share and no one reaches out. And I'm accustomed to that now. And then when someone reaches out, I'm not mad, you know, at humanity, uh, but when someone reaches out, they're, they just don't, uh, they're not my color. They don't look like me. Someone else took it serious, you know, uh, and that, that kind of hurts me too. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you're mm-hmm. speaking to that truth. Um, how can they stay in contact with you and we'll let you go, brother? 
Um, you can catch me on Facebook. You know, uh, my name is Donald Atchison, and uh, you, you'll see me. I'm there uh, with my wife and my daughter holding them, uh, martial arts instructor. Uh, and, and all my information is shown on Facebook. Donald Atchison, my last name is A-T-C-H-I-S-O-N. If you reach out to me on Facebook, I usually respond when I see the message. Yeah, he's a strong brother. I'm glad to have you on this morning. we got a caller that wants to get in. Thank you for your time, King. Let's get to the right, caller. Thank, thank you, brother. Uh, no problem. Area code 404. Last three, two, seven, four. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents or your question on this morning's discussion question. Uh, good morning. Uh, my name is uh, Bobby Northern, and uh, I am calling uh, from Fayetteville, Georgia. Big Bob! And I'm super happy. <laughs> you didn't see that coming, brother. Uh, this ain't we ain't all you know say we ain't all button up. We family on this show, man. Glad to have yeah. you call in, brother. <laughs> Good job, brother King. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm oh man, I'm so glad to be here as well, man. I, I and I, I apologize I was not able to uh to make the meeting uh last night. I know it was well, you missed out, but it's all good, uh, so You hear now, I know, that's all that matters. I'm hoping I I hoping I can drop uh three cents here really about the discussion. Uh uh, first, definitely want to uh, esteem you, man, for what you're doing and your consistency and, you know, the love you're pouring out on our community. I just, man, I, you are the, you are absolutely the top, and everyone around you uh, that supports uh, this dialogue is awesome. So so thank you. Um, thank you. You know, one of the things I just wanted to kind of connect with is uh, what Brother Donald said. I love what he's doing it, it, it related to um, actually putting some principles in place and requiring um, that those that are connected with him uh, take some positive steps that will better their lives. That, that's wonderful. Um, one of the things I wanted to focus on is uh, this idea that being a father, uh, and I'm a father of three, uh, beautiful, beautiful children, um, being a father is 100% sacrifice. It's a sacrifice. It's hard. It's not easy. It's something that should be lauded and praised in our society, not just in the African-American community, but just in our society. Um, because, you know, the, the decision to stay, the decision to be engaged in your kid's life, uh, the decision to, you know, sacrifice maybe your individual or personal dreams to facilitate their growth and development as individuals, is something that is laudable and honorable. And that's something we don't talk about today in today's society, society is what is honorable to do. Um, you know, a lot of times, and, and not in every situation, some people can be, you know, ultra successful, reach their dreams, and still have a beautiful family and cultivate their family. I'm not saying that that's not the case. Uh, but nine times out of ten, you know, the average brother, you know, um, you know got a little school here, worked here, um, it's a sacrifice. It's a self-sacrifice. And a lot of times um, you may have that deviation because there's not this, this level of encouragement and support. One thing that I learned uh, from a previous uh, employer uh, who asked, how do you know when, um, when someone needs encouragement? And everybody was like, you know, I, we don't know. We don't know. When, how do you know when someone needs encouragement? Um, they're breathing. That's what he said. You know, oh, everybody wow. needs encouragement for, for, for what they are, and, um, and I think African-American men need that balance uh, that Brother Donald talked about in terms of encouragement 
when they do take a step in the right direction, that's how behavior works. That's how behavior shaping works, uh, is that when you take a step, you're reinforced positively for that step forward. So when African-American man stays with his family, uh, is active in his community, in his church, whatever, that needs to be praised. And systemically, uh, that's absent. We're absent of heroes. We're absent of uh, encouragement in the media, all this type of stuff. So whatever you want to extinguish, you hide and you don't reinforce. And so I just want to say that, you know, Brother Donald's doing his part. I'm going to try to do my part to spread that word and encourage uh, African-American men that are staying with their families and doing the right thing. we got to pat them on the back. we got to love on them. And that's how they uh, – other brothers will see that happening and say, I want to do that too. Absolutely. And, be, and knowing the sacrifices go in positively. Those are my thoughts. No, they're perfect. Um, and you're just basically saying, speaking to it, highlighting that, because that's how culture is built. And so if we're if our young men are not seeing that, they're basically going to follow what's in the media because no one's highlighting while sacrifice is hard. You're not, we're not highlighting, right. what, as you said, that that's honorable. And when you highlight that that's honorable, right. Right. it gives people something to strive through and says, yeah, I want to make this sacrifice. I want to make sure my children come up well. And that's what hardly any young men are hearing in general. We know they're not going to get it in the media. And so you're basically calling our culture to the task to make sure that we're doing more to highlight that that sacrifice is worthy of something. And without that highlight, the average person is going to say, why would I want to do all that? And that's what we're seeing. Right, right. So I love the thought. We are right. up against the break. I will let you know, um, uh, Bobby, you, could get, you can um, come off the one and come back on if you want to come back into the show. So we're going to just let you know. You can do more than one comment, but you have to come off the one so I know you want to get back in. All right, we're up against the break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. LNG Technology Services, we are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478 781 Four eight six zero. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478-781-4860. LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community. Bullying. The Me Too movement against Toxic masculinity. Is this the best a man can get? Is it? We can't hide from it. It's been going on far too long. We can't laugh at all. Who's the daddy? What I actually think she's trying to say. Making the same old excuses. Boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. But something finally changed. Allegations regarding sexual assault and and there will be no going back because we 
we believe in the best in men. Men need to hold other men accountable. Smile, sweetie. Come on. To say the right thing. To act the right Uh, way. Not cool. Not cool. Some already are. In ways big and small. I am strong. But some is not enough. How do we treat each other, okay? Okay. Because the boys watching today will be the men of tomorrow. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host, Jendaya Hill-Jones. This morning's discussion question, does our society disregard black fathers? Our special guest is Dr. Gerald Hassel, as we call him, Dr. G. As we hear a Gillette commercial that I really want to break down, and I would actually call it for his nice as that commercial sounds, I would actually criticize that commercial for being part of the problem that we're speaking to today. This is a commercial was real popular a couple years ago when it first was put out, from what I understand. I think it was a couple years ago. It's not the first time we've played it on this show. But I'm going to highlight a couple of things in that commercial that speaks to this issue. And that commercial was directed at all men not just black men, but I'm just highlighting a couple things in the commercial that stood out. It throws out the buzzword toxic masculinity. Since the problem is some men, some boys, some men are not enough. And there are no numbers that speak to that there are only some men who act properly. So when you start having uh, the commercial and when you have the media presenting a problem irregardless of the actual numbers, it becomes clear, kind of to what Dr. G spoke about earlier, that something is being prescribed here that's not actual, and there's an agenda that disregards actually, in my opinion, healthy manhood, but it's being labeled for a reason. Dr. G, you being a psychotherapist, are you hearing, it's probably the first time you've heard that commercial, but can you hear where I'm going to criticize that commercial while it looks okay on surface? There's really a damaging agenda within that commercial, in my opinion. How, you don't have to agree with me, but what are your thoughts when I break down my issue with that commercial? Um, can, can you expand on it a little bit more? What, 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 you know, a little bit more. I heard the commercial, but you know when you what I'm hearing you say is that you have a problem with the label or the descriptive of toxic masculinity. So I'm just saying? saying how the how the I'm trying to again it's not your first time hearing the commercial, so I was just pointing the way the commercial was done that it it threw out the word and then it highlighted that only some men are acting properly. That's far from the truth. However, that's the type of messaging that gets put out in the community, and this is men in general, but that absolutely happens to black men. So while we 
have a, an issue with those fathers, for example, who are not doing their part, we like to highlight that as though that is the majority of the black men. And I know that's not true. And I use that commercial as an example to say, look how they flip the terms to act like that only some men act properly. The commercial is actually putting it out as though most men are toxic. And that's what I'm having an issue with because it's slick right. in how they present the messaging, in my opinion. Right, right. Well, I mean, I think that all men in Western culture, you know, have to take a look at themselves, particularly in the African-American community, because we're all affected by the same narrative. And so, you know, to be conscious of how male privilege impacts our relationship with women, for example, it's very important to understand that you know, to have some insight that even though as African-American men who are, you know, faced with the same um, power structure that's, that seeks to undermine us, there are certain privileges that are awarded and afforded us um, because of our gender. And, and that affects women and it affects our relationship with women. And, and we need to take a look at that. So, you know, if, if, if the commercial and this dialogue and conversation provokes um, self-awareness, self-analysis, self-assessment to see what it is that I need to work on and how I might be part of the problem, then, then that's, that's, that's beneficial. Um, I'm very aware as a man that I have certain male privileges. Like I can walk down in certain areas and not be afraid of someone attacking me but I understand that, Dr. G. I understand that, Dr. G, and I don't mind what you're saying. I'm just jumping in because I want to let you understand. What I mm-hmm. asked you was that the fact that the commercial purported that the majority of men are toxic. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That, I mean, anytime, anytime we hear That's the critique I was asking about is that that yeah. type of agenda can get missed when it's put in a commercial. So I'm talking about how the commercial prescribe something and it slickly puts in something that's far from the truth on how most men act. But if it puts it in there, the idea of being aware of even as you're again, you're highlighting what's good about the commercial. So you can miss where they're slick at is in my opinion. And I was just throwing out that that's how things get prescribed. Often it comes out in the media in a certain way and wants you to focus on a certain part, but we're missing the actual underlying message of where I, you know, you don't have to agree with me, but I was just saying that you pointing out that part, that's clear, but I was asking, did you catch and how do you feel about the underlying suggestion that the majority of men are that way? That's what I was asking you about specifically. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, whenever, whenever you hear the majority of this and the majority of that, you know, you definitely want to, look at it a little closer. The other part of it is like, what is men acting properly? Like, what's the definition of that? What does that mean? You know? And so, you know, it's very obscure, but anytime, you know, I hear things that are absolute without any really pertinent information or data or whatever, you know, I mean, you know, I always take that with a grain of salt. So, um, and that's that's all I'm talking about. Yeah. I being aware 
of how the the media will maneuver. Jindal, jump in here and, you know, maybe kind of bring us together or just give me that that lady's thought on kind of what I'm pointing out specifically because, again, I understand the gist of the message. I'm just highlighting that that's how things slickly get done sometimes. Speak, you know, as he said, obscure language, and sometimes we're missing the underlying agenda, in my opinion. Your thoughts, Queen? Jindal, you still there? Jindal, are you on mute? I was, my apology. Yeah, so I was saying that I, I get it. Uh, I get what you're saying, because what you're speaking of is the uh, the subliminals that come through big messages. Right. right? Those little underlying things that they kind of throw in there. And even in this, like like right now, I didn't even hear it until you pointed it out. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it was like, then it's kind of like, oh, well, damn. You know, so I think like yeah, we definitely have to be careful of that. Things can come out; it can be presented one way, but then there's something else. There's a there's an undertone, and it's like those tones that can get caught up in your psychic now, you know, <laughs> and uh, be used against you, uh, to say the least. So yeah, I get what you're saying in regards to to the subliminal messaging that they can put behind like what appears to be a bigger picture. Yeah. And the word psyche is key. I was going to go deeper into this, but the segment took a little longer. And so I'm going to highlight, um, for example, again, just bringing things to to idea, does our society disregard black fathers? So I'm just highlighting, as you said, psyche, some ways it can be done. I just had a dialogue about this after the event last night. Uh, We got to talking about, for example, the movie The Woman King, and we've done a couple of shows Uh, in a sense, about the imagery prior to even the movie itself. I still have not seen the movie. And so what I'm highlighting here has nothing to do with seeing the movie, but highlighting the marketing and these subliminals, how they can be damaging. I just want us to, Dr. Um, Alicia Watkins, she pointed out a psychotherapist as well. She went and saw the movie, and I'm just highlighting again how things can affect your psyche. She pointed out in seeing The Woman King some things that we were concerned about on our show prior to going to see it. Again, I have not seen it, but she saw the movie and she said this, as a couple therapist whose main goal is to help black men and black women love each other, I was saddened by the two-hour display of brutal violence in the film The Woman King. We may never fully know the subconscious damage it has on our psyche. And that's a doctor Alicia Watkins. So I'm bringing this popular media movie that's being perpetrated right now at this time. When you hear that, Jendaya, what are your thoughts from a Dr. Alicia Watkins after she watched the movie? She says, we may not fully know the subconscious damage it has on our psyche. Your thoughts, Queen? I've seen the movie, and I absolutely disagree with that. Um, There were various relationships that were – being revealed in there, one of the one of the dope things about about it, without giving it away, was that you were watching healing and hurting happen simultaneously, you know, <laughs> uh, in relationships in regards to how um, she got there and then how. Uh, um, oh, I'm trying not to, to to give it away, but in the gist of it, yeah, I, I don't agree with that. Um, I thought that it was a very powerful piece, and it was showing just various layers of relationships. Uh, between men and women, because as there was, you know, conflict and violence, there was also unconditional love uh, and and perseverance of that love, like love winning, you know, um, uh, in that space. So I thought like that was, it was an interchangeable role between men and women, but it was also, it was just really about 
like the balance and the restoration of. So it's like that's what healing is, you know. <laughs> you okay. know, when you're going through healing, there is layers of it. So I definitely, I strongly disagree with that. Right. But I could go deeper, off. but that's a whole other topic. That's a whole other conversation. I'm a fair thought. I'm a fair thought. I'm going to leave with a, a powerful comment that we used when we were talking about it in preference and prior to going to it. Here's was a concern of a sister by the name of Sixth Goddess, and this is what she laid out. And I'll throw out this: love your viewpoint. Obviously, have a, a you know from what you saw from the movie, because again, both sides of that are worthy. How I highlight you know in a sense, her as a psychotherapist, just pointing out maybe some things in the psyche that she was concerned about from her viewpoint, and it may be similar to like that commercial, the subliminals that we miss, if that makes sense, or so something to think about. Um, but I'll say this, and we'll get off the Woman King and go to our top of the hour break. She says, imagine all the men of your people fighting in battle and dying so rapidly that the army becomes depleted. Then since the men are dying in masses, you are a woman, or you as a woman are called to fight. You are 15, a virgin, stripped of your childhood and womanhood to go die. Women, rare, women warriors rarely ever succeeded and were killed even quicker. You're not allowed to have sex with anyone but the real king, not allowed to marry, not allowed to do anything natural to a woman, and you are instead handed a spear to go sacrifice yourself. You make the best out of it because you are in literal survival mode and, quite frankly, don't have a choice. Centuries and centuries later, in a climate where women that look like you are complaining daily, hourly about not being protected, and your men are constantly being systemically feminized and portrayed as disposal to their women, a movie is released called Woman King, depicting you as strong and fearless, warriors who are able to save everyone because the men failed. You are fighting for your life with your back against the wall with a big sweaty man jumping up and down on top of you and all the other warrior girls in between battle. Then a group of Jewish white women prop you up in society like, see, look, black women have a history of being powerful warriors and saving their men. Look, see, they can be powerful and fearless just like men. And we will take this atrocity, ingrain the image of black women being king of all the world. And when they ask why, we're mis- why are we misgendering them by, call- them by calling them king, we will tell them that's just how it translates. And the black women will support it and help us defend it because they are so thirsty to be depicted in any way they love Auntie Viola. We will tell them their auntie directed it, basically give her a chair with her name on it so she feels like she has any specific, like she has any significant say-so, but she actually doesn't and is a pawn. That way they won't ever expect an agenda coming from it. We'll get some thoughts coming out of the break. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? 
Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. Everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk, talk. They still go with me. Because I look like money. Smell like money. Talk like money. Even walk like money. A woman has to be tilted towards mercy. That's how it looks to me. Right. And especially during... It's so important during the, especially the first year when children are so unbelievably vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's very difficult for women to be merciful like that and to make the shift to encouraging disciplinarian. I think that's a very difficult thing for people to do simultaneously. Although, you know, people, people I'm not saying that women are always only merciful and men mm-hmm. are always only encouraging disciplinarians, but things do sort themselves out to some degree like that. And I think also the biochemical transformations that accompany pregnancy and childbirth and, and lactation also tilt a mother towards that as well. Right. Yes, it really loves that little thing, right? It's, it's number one, no matter what it demands. And, and then telling it what to do and making sure it's behaving properly, that's, that's a whole different issue. Now, but the kids who lack fathers, I mean, first of all, they can find that to some degree in their friends. Okay. And that's often what fatherless boys do in particular. They, they, they go into gangs. Mm-hmm. And they generate the missing man, masculinity in the gang. Well, that's not so good because, like, what the hell do they know? Well, they don't know anything, right? Mm -hmm. They're just stupid kids, and they're, like, 15 years old, and their testosterone is pumping, and they're trying to get the hell away from their mother, which is what they're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And and they're not in the right position to exercise any authority over themselves. So Mm -hmm. that's that's not good. They can find it in education. They can find it in books. They can find it in movies. They can find it in sports heroes and so forth because... The image of the father is fragmented and distributed among the community. Okay. But it's very, very difficult to not have a father. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Jendaya Hill-Jones. Our special guest is Dr. Gerald Hasselhoff, a.k.a. Dr. G. For this morning's discussion question, does our society disregard black fathers? I read a powerful cut. Again, just talking about from my the last segment was the idea of how the media can disregard the initial commercial was men in general, and then obviously fixed the goddess was highlighting the timing of if you will the woman king and disregarding men once again in my opinion also related to this conversation. So, um, Dr. G, any thoughts to what you're hearing in the last cut? Just by the way, was Dr. Peterson just talking about how boys will try to figure it out if they don't have a father, and that's not always the best way to do it, just highlighting that cut. But go ahead, Dr. G, your thoughts about either the comments from Dr. I mean, from Six the Goddess or Dr. Peterson? Yeah, I mean, um, one, I, I, saw the, I saw the woman the woman came last week, so I'll say that. I I thought it was a great movie. Um, I didn't walk away from the movie with that perspective. Um, I thought that it was fairly balanced between the masculine and the feminine. There was mutual respect, admiration between the masculine and the feminine, and so I didn't didn't walk away from the movie with that type of critique. I thought it was a great movie, so um, that's my perspective on it. The stories are still relevant today, um, and um, historically, there are some facts that are in the movie, you know. Uh, and so, 
um, I had a different perspective than your other guests who, you know, you, you read her quote. Yeah, let me, let me, and let me, yeah, so I, I want to be very clear if I can. I want to be very clear. And this is kind of got missed when we did the show. So I want to be very distinctive that she's not critiquing the movie in what she, there was no critique of the movie in what she said. That was the viewpoint of the timing, who's behind the movie, what was changed, and the perspective. So the reason I'm highlighting that is because that conversation is very different than how good or bad the movie was. And that's, and I, and I'm, and, and, and it's been difficult to have a conversation about that conversation. Like, for example, here's a thought that I had preparing for this show that hopefully will, and again, it's not even a focus on the movie because again, that's not even six, the goddess's point. This is something she put out prior to the movie. So I'm really trying to distinguish, distinguish what exactly is being discussed, not whether it was good or a bad movie or if you liked the movie or not. Cause that's to, in my opinion, a whole separate issue than what is being discussed when we talk about our black fathers or black men being disregarded. When she says, Hey, this movie comes along years later after highlighting that the men failed and then this movie is being put out at a time where black men are being feminized. That's a very different conversation and the movie could be great or bad. That's but that's a very different conversation. And so here's the thought that I had and I'll let you jump back in, Doctor G, is in thinking about this show. When I when I know we are in a fight for our minds, can I afford to be negligent of that fact? with a movie that has this type of quote unquote propaganda being, can I be negligent of that? That's a question that I personally have. And I'll ask you that from the standpoint of regardless of if the movie's good or bad, if it's set up at this time, can I be negligent of the idea that this is being put out at this time based on what's going on in society for us as African-American men? I'd like to jump in on that. I mean, you know, using the word propaganda, I mean, like, like I'm right. not sure what that, how that fits in, you know? And so, like, some of this stuff is historical facts. Even in our lifetime, Muammar Gaddafi had an all, all-female personal guard. I mean, like, this is, this, is, mm-hmm. this is relevant in African history, right? His daughters mm-hmm. and other women were part of his personal guard. This is in our lifetime. Muammar Gaddafi is in Africa, right? So, you know, there, there, there are thousands of years of documentation in history where women fought their oppressors, which is totally different from European history and women having a seat at the table of power. It's non-existent. And so, so there's no, you don't, think there's history, proper, you don't think there's any propaganda in the fact that I know, um, am I wrong? I should say that, but am I wrong that, there wouldn't be a white woman or Asian woman or Hispanic woman referred to as king in 2022. So again, well, can we can we miss the subliminal? Are we missing the subliminals? Are we dis, are we able to disregard well, the, the movie? subliminals? Okay, you're not going to like everything about all of our history, but it is a part of our history and it represents women in the seat of power. Um, when you start going into, okay, I get it, yes, there are parts of history that we're just not going to like, and that's okay. 
you know, but if you want to deal with the blind, there was the blind not only, hold on, hold on, my story. It was not just the blind. I am cutting you off. I know I am, but I really want to highlight that this, um, this is about the imagery, the commercial. So it's not about right. whether I like You're ignoring so some of the imagery. Like you're not. getting stuck on one piece. Here it is. Here it is. Hold on. You're getting stuck on one piece. But yeah, but the thing is, we, can we talk about the piece I'm stuck on? Because that's very different of whether we like history or not. The imagery of in we 2022. Heard what you said, and I'm trying to get Okay, I just want to make sure that, that that we're addressing that because it has nothing to do with the movie or history. Go ahead. You said that. So what I'm telling you is, yes. Yeah, so we won't like all parts of it. Okay, what you said, right? I get what you're saying in this time, but in that same space, we're showing a lineage shift and an image shift with with another piece, another woman's space in there that was showing how you can have love in the midst of hurt at the same time. Okay. It was showing how you can have a relationship and be a warrior. That was also a part of who we are. Okay. And who we were. Some kingdoms ran this way. Some ran that way in real life. Okay. You know, like the brother was saying. So I think you're getting stuck on, like when you say, well, can we afford this at this time? I think, yes. It was necessary. One, it was putting us in a position of what has not been revealed, about us being warriors, about us being able to stand in power, okay, about us being able to move through hurt to get to love. That was a part of it as well. So, yes. Okay. So nothing I'm talking about is about the movie. And that's fine that we keep going to the movie, but I think it's, we're missing. It, it is, because you're saying, can, you said, can we afford to have this depiction right now? You said that. That's what you said. But I'm not talking to, I'm talking to, okay, so so, so if we're going to say it's pow, these things are powerful, and so how about like this? How about at a time where, again, the discussion about the trope of strong, independent women, well, for example, when we talked about this on previous shows, what people agree with is that that, is trope gets, that trope gets overused currently. That, that, that's, that's going into the movie again. No, no, I'm not talking about the movie. When I say, do we, can we agree that right now currently the strong black independent woman only applies to the black woman, no other, no other race. It applies to no other race. And that that is constantly being pushed in the media. I, that's regardless of whether the woman king exists or not. Can we agree that that gets pushed too much in the media? What happens for our community media-wise is that we no, don't I get the balance. Think black women who are following the paradigm of the strong black woman are following the the, the feminist of how they don't need a man. You know, uh, for and me, can, I move out of an interdependent model. Yeah, but I'm saying, is that not pushed in the media for our community? Is that not pushed in the media for our community? What you just said, I agree 100%, but isn't that also pushed in the media onto us, prescribed to us by someone else? Is that not that, isn't that where that comes from quite often? Um, well, I mean, I, mean, I, I think since, <laughs> since the beginning of time when, when, when black women came to the shores of the United States, they were always depicted as strong black women. I mean, always. Right. Uh, this, Do we this, not this agree is, that that's an issue? I'm, yeah. I'm up against the break. So I'm going to let you go right after the break, Dr. G. Sorry about that. We're up against the break right now. We'll be right mm-hmm. back. I'll let you leave, come out, coming straight out of the, the break. All right. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think.
Hey, Smithoff, where you find that Prince Sign of the Times on vinyl at? Real talk, you got a dope vinyl collection. What, you been collecting them, like, over the years or something? No, actually, I just started my collection. But my man Tobago over at DBS Sounds, he be hooking me up. You remember DBS Sounds? On the south side? They still around? I figured most of the record stores in Atlanta be closed by now. Hey, vinyl is the new wave, and DBS Sounds got the best collection in town. You can still go there and flip through vinyl. They still got CDs and mixtapes, too. Let me check the IG page at DBS Sounds ATL. They still be having artists in stores and everything. Hey, you want to run by there? Hey, man, I ain't got time right now. I got to go back to Cali tomorrow, but I might have to catch them next time. Maybe. Oh, nah, you good. Even when you get home, you can just shop at their online store at dbssounds.com. They'll ship directly to you anywhere in the country. Matter of fact, jump on dbssounds.com on your phone and order straight from there. Word? Hey, I'm about to get my music game up. Hey, what's their address? In case I get a chance to swing by there, I'm, I'm going to pick up that new Kendra Lamar CD. Oh, they at 6604 Highway 85, Riverdale, Georgia. Bet. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host, Jendai Hill Jones, our Discussion question this morning is, does our society disregard black fathers? Our special guest is Dr. G. Dr. G, you were making comments before the break. If you can, go pick, try to pick back up where you were at. Yeah, I'm going to zoom out some. Um, and all things are spiritual. And so what is occurring, whether or not we want it to or not, is that the feminine divine is assuming her rightful place back on the throne. She was erased and taken out. We see this in religion where, you know, all of the depiction of these all masculine. We see this in society where we see the masculine expression has been primarily through violence and war on the planet. You're breaking up that. Yeah, we're getting a bad breakup. Can we, you get, fix the last time you were doing it? You may have to call back in. Um, say, say, just say the last comment again. Uh, I don't know. Can you hear me? Yeah, you kind of a little clearer now. Can you hear me now. better now? Yep, yep. We can hear you better now. Better. Okay. Yeah. And so what I'm saying is that cosmically, the feminine divine has been had been erased, right? And so this is being corrected on a spiritual and cosmic level. She's assuming her rightful place mm-hmm. back on the throne. And so, you know, we're going to see these corrections. And because this is the embryonic stages of the correction, we have to be patient and compassionate and give ourselves the time to get it correct. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, so, so the, planet, the planet Earth itself is at the point of destruction because the feminine divine has been erased from the equation. And this stuff is being corrected. And there's nothing that we could do about it. Either we will go along with the correction or we'll be erased from the planet. The masculine domination of the world in terms of world war destruction, mutilation of women, children, and the planet is going to end. And this is part of the correction because we've taken the feminine divine out. And what we see... The so, king. What we see in other parts of the world is a part of that equation being balanced back again. Forget the movie. Let's talk about the spirit of the movie. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. It, is, it is about correcting the imbalance between the masculine and the feminine. Uh, that's not good. It's going to happen. Okay, I respect it. Again, I always respect people's spirituality. So I, I'll, you know, kind of humble myself to understand where you're coming from from a spiritual standpoint. I'm going to go to Brother Kevin, who's out there on the line here in a second. I just want to highlight um, in, in getting, if you don't mind, getting away from the spirituality. From again, I'm not. I respect that's where you're coming from. So that that takes it to a, a higher realm, if you will. But just in the dialogue. When I hear a Jendaya say, hey, I think the women that buy into the strong black independent, they're getting that from the feminists. And there's two white women who wrote this movie and are behind this movie, propping up the very thing that we say we get from them. And again, and to to be this negligent of it and saying it's okay, it may be okay. There's being negligent too. Like, like oh, sorry, just because you don't like the visual of the messengers, you know what I'm saying? And, and they were not, like, it's not as if, like, they just came up with this and that was it. There were other people that played a part of this write-up. You understand? There what were other they, people who they played wrote a part the in the movie. vision. There's a whole team. There's a whole well, team that's what of people. Once you when you put, put out an original write-up, it is edited, it is produced, it is people that are coming in and say yes to this, no to that. So, like, to get caught up in the messenger. You know what I'm saying? It's like, hold on, because it's a it's a team. So that, yeah, that, okay. that so we don't think we don't think the messenger might still be pushing the same thing that we you just said was an issue earlier. Is it possible that Man, that messenger is still out, pushing? If she gonna that? do what she needs to do, and I can come in and put in what needs to be there, we're talking about sublime. So as long as I see fit, okay, <laughs> I will use you as you use me. You understand? In order to get out what needs to be seen and what should be heard. Okay. okay. There is no one way to do team. things. Right. And we call that, that woman There is no team. one way to do things. Well, would, because would, would a white unless woman it's the title, it got your attention, did it? Would they be Didn't the title teams? get your attention to, would get, they you be to, called the, to get you there? Uh, if, if, if it had been called powerful queen, I would have still got there. That's what everybody else would be But is that to the majority? Which is what the majority? I, I, Every other culture would refer to themselves as a queen. That's what's wrong with referring to them as a powerful queen. That does not take away from, like, what the brother said. Like, there was a thing happening right now, okay? (laughs) There was an energy shift happening right now. So let's just move the title. I got to let Brother Kevin jump in. He's been on the hole for a while. Let me let him jump in. (laughs) All right, all right. How you doing, everybody? Yep, you already know where I'm about to go. You know I'm about to know. Uh, hey, I love y'all. First of all, let me start it off that way. I love y'all. I love y'all. I love y'all. Now, let's stop the capping. Because <laughs> the capping is this. What you're looking at is a program to emasculate the man. Period. Anybody oh, that's trying to squeeze this little turnip, blood out this little turnip, to try to make it more than what it's not, it is what it is. You go by the, the makers of the movie. You go by the, the, the story that's being told, the story that was made up about the story, and the people that they use. Uh, there were plenty of different women groups that they could have used and told their story. Why did they use this particular story? <laughs> That that they made their livelihood on uh, selling slaves because see they need to push a certain narrative. Uh, matter of fact, even the thing is, well, so recent, is the woman. 
Say it again. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't hear what you said. I didn't hear what you but, said. Say it again. Uh, yeah, gonna, I would like to finish. I didn't hear what she said. Yeah, I'm trying to hear what she said too. What she said? Yeah, yeah we didn't hear you, Janai. Say it again. What was the question? I said nobody rejected Wonder Woman. Okay, I had something else, but I what? thought I was on mute, so I apologize. I'm a whole. Oh. I'm a whole mind. Go ahead. All right, go ahead. Okay, okay, okay. First of all, this 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 is clearly black and white, straight down the middle. And what they're doing is, so you got to be very careful. Like the brothers that said something about spiritual and lifting up the feminine. No, no, this ain't got nothing to do with lifting up the feminine. This has got to do with the feminism. This has got to do with white domination. And then the upliftment of black women for the sole purpose is to use y'all for human incubators. That's why on every movie that you pull up on TV and on the, on the thing, they're putting the, the black woman with the white man and the mixed child. They're trying to uplift y'all by telling the white man he need to go after the black woman. Yes, you are strong, but that ain't the way you should be described. Feminine is strong within itself. You don't need to be masculine to be strong. You don't need to be a male to be strong. These women that they're portraying are manly, are masculine. You can be strong and be feminine. You can still do what you do and be feminine. For them to call you a king and saying that you're not good enough as a queen, that's what you got to realize what the story and the narrative is. You should be insulted when they call you a masculine male name or male entity. You you were you were greater as a queen than you was as a king. Queens make lives, bring lives into existence. Why would you want to even be a man? When the, when the queen was was the thing that we died for. We die for queens. We don't die for masculine women. That ain't what we want. We want the feminine. We want the like you said the balance. We want the real balance, not that thing where they got a bunch of lesbians and all this other stuff going on. That's some demonic stuff that they're putting. Look at all your movies. They got the women with women. Now, you mean you tell me that's what a queen do? That's what, what Africans to be doing right now? Black people want to be doing? No, that LGBT, if you following that, that, that mess they got going on in, these, in this media right now, you following the LGBT straight up down the board. And right now they got an all-out assault against black men. Every movie they showing us rapists and murderers and all that, but when it comes to the white male, Oh, you thirsty behind him on the movies that is now. Oh, he fine. Look at Tiffany Haddish. Everything come out of her mouth when it comes to the white man. Oh, he fine. Oh, he sexy. He didn't see that. But when it comes to black men, oh, girl, you don't want to be with him. He got all these baby daddies. He ain't going to do nothing but hurt your heart and all this other stuff. Listen to the, the media. Listen to this, this thing that's going on. Matter of fact, this election coming on, when they get beat in this election, watch how they put all the blame on the black male, they already start that narrative on MSNBC and CNN. And they even brought, uh, they ambushed one of the brothers, Umar Johnson, by bringing a transgender male on there, representing himself as a woman. And you would tell me that's a feminist? You understand what I'm saying, uh, brothers and sisters? Do not be fooled by this agenda that they're pushing to destroy the black family, period. They're trying to wipe us off the face of the planet right now. But I'll I'll let y'all run with that one. Thank you, Kevin, for your three cents. I gave Kevin a little longer. He's a long-time caller. We actually got another caller as well, so we're going to try to get both the callers out before I get a response from Dr. G and Jindai. Area code 901, last 3151. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. 
Hi, this is Deasia, and I'm calling from Arlington, Texas. Hey, what's up, Queen? Glad to have you back. Deasia, one of our queens of intellect. All right, Texas. All right, Texas. <laughs> yeah, I had to jump in there real quick on this one. Um, Come on, dude. Because this is a, yeah, this is an interesting topic, and I think there's more parts to it, and it, it, it's a lot of moving parts to it. And I hear y'all talking about the Woman King movie now, and um, I think sometimes – we try to dig too deep into something. Yes, there's a problem with that title. I have a problem with that title. It's just, it doesn't read well, mm-hmm. Woman King. Like, what was that about? It mm-hmm. doesn't read well at all. However, from my understanding, the, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't need to necessarily be lectured on this. I'm just going from my understanding. From my mm-hmm. understanding, the story is, the movie itself is based on a true story. Whether there are some inaccuracies in the in the in the um the, story. the retelling or not of the story, from my from my understanding, it's based on a true story. So some true events. So there, of, that's of our story. Huh? I said some true yeah, events. Okay, not the entire story. Right. Okay. Exactly. So those are some things that supposedly actually happened. You know, what I'm saying it probably wasn't told be the exact way in chronological order or whatnot. So that's that's one thing, right? So I think that we had the Dora Milaje in the Black Panther, and they were considered fictional characters. And it was a group of women that was running alongside the Black Panther, Panther and helping him fight. There never was a conversation of femininity and uh, the lack of uh, in, in masculinity being taken away and men being emasculated when the Black Panther hit the scene. But with this movie, mm-hmm. it's this conversation about emasculation because it's these women that's directly in the forefront. They're not necessarily running alongside a man. And the problem is when we have these conversations, we have men having conversations with women as though it's the woman's responsibility to protect masculinity while men tell us what femininity is supposed to be. See, we're having conversations with men about, oh, look at what they're doing. They're trying to strip us of our masculinity. In my honest opinion, a man having that conversation isn't masculine to me because why are you letting another man strip you? These men are stripping you of your masculinity, not women. So you see these programs and you see all of this stuff that's going on, they're putting this stuff out there. The, these white people are putting that stuff out there. So attack the people who are attacking you. Go after the people who are are putting those images out there. Black women are not responsible for protecting a black man's masculinity. Absolutely. And it's absolutely. also not okay for a black woman, a man, to turn around and be like, well, this is this isn't this is something that isn't feminine, and then try to hold black women accountable for that when they're the ones that putting all of these images out there in the media. I love it. We're actually up against the break. I'll keep you on after the break as well, DeAsia. And I'll just say this real quickly as a thought. You can yeah, kind of respond to it. I'm up against the break. I'm up against the break. But Dr. G, I'm up against the break. I got to do the break. I got to take care of my sponsors. Um, so I'll you let you the mic point. after that, which he said. That's funny. Hey, so uh, what I'll say to you, DeAsia, so if the discussion is right now just a dialogue within our own community about what this represents and what we should do about it, that's that conversation that I'm having is not even, I'm just throwing it out. And I know you're not making it personal to me, but I just want to throw this out is 
you and I, you as a caller, having the dialogue about what we should be doing, not ho- holding people accountable. But you're right. There are a lot of people who do do exactly what you're talking about. They focus on what the women should be doing. This is just a dialogue about how we should handle this type of imagery. Does it support the trope or not? That's the dialogue between you as the black, you and me as the black man and the black woman. And we'll continue that dialogue out of this break. All I ask is that you think. Truth Seekers, please understand, Mental Dialogue is much more than just a talk show. Each and every Saturday, we communicate with you for two reasons, to dialogue and connect. On the dialogue side, we cater to you intellectual outcasts who feel you have no place for honest discourse on race, sex, culture, and African-American business. On the connect side, we've created a community where you can connect with experts specifically in finance, whether personal or business, and mental health, whether it's trauma or to optimize performance along with all the other skill sets from other MD community members. Our mission was to create a virtual nationwide neighborhood where African Americans learn to trade ideas, goods, and services through social media, meetups, and this podcast. To become a neighbor of the Mental Dialogue Community Club, please visit us at mentaldialogue.com. We are better with you than we are without you. We can be neighbors even though we don't live next to each other. Hashtag raise the culture. I don't approach women. Most of the time, you know, I just let women come to me, right? I don't got time to be trying to chase women and um, approaching them when they got this damn, when they angry inside or, you know what I'm saying, they don't feel like being talked to. Like, some women I approach just because I'm trying to work my muscle or just because, you know, like, just because. Like, let me take my chances. But most of the time, bro, like, I just don't because why? (laughs) Like, I understand who I am. Like, I ain't trying to go through hula hoops to try to get you to figure out, like, oh, how much money I got, or am I popping, or, like, how many followers I got, or, like, do I got a popping podcast? I ain't got time for that. I ain't got time to prove to you what the hell I got going on. Like, you going to give me the number away, you going to fuck with me? Cool. But trying to trying to do all that, man, I ain't got the time. This is the type of game I play, right? I let the women that are attracted to me come to me. I set myself up to be attractive to be a catch so it's easier for women to attract towards me and then half of the job is done what most guys do is they approach women and they gotta court them they gotta go take them out on dates i ain't i I ain't doing all that bro to be honest i will do that but right now it's like i'm in a stage in my life like where i'm trying to stay focused and trying to do all that just ain't gonna work for me when they want you it's way easier because they're trying to fight for your attention they're trying to fight for your time they're trying to prove themselves versus the the reverse role where I have to approach women and now I got to prove myself. I got to fight for their attention. I got to fight myself amongst other guys, 100 guys, 10 guys, 20 guys. Who knows how many guys are on that line? I have to wiggle my way through all of that to try to get her. And who knows? May the strongest man win. And... It's easier when you just set yourself up. Like if when you on your shit, and they gonna come for you. They like it's it, it's, ine- it's inevitable that these women are gonna they come for me. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host Montoya Smith, aka Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Jendaya Hill Jones. This morning's discussion question, does our society disregard black fathers? Our special guest is Dr. G. We also have Queen of Intellect, 
co-host DeAsia on the line as well. I'm going to put a brick wall up on the last segment and change the complete direction. So I know y'all got thoughts about the last com- last um, segment, um, but we're going to jump immediately to the cut. We just heard this brother sounds like a quote-unquote bad bitch to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm highlighting that. Out. I'm highlighting that because what we'll see when we hear or see things like the cut we just heard from this brother saying, hey, I let the women come after me. So I'll watch on social media and people will say, for example, sisters might say, that's the problem. You know, guys, you know, want women to pursue them now. And here's where I want to go. And DeAsia, you work with me on this. Again, changing directions, but I know you're capable of doing this with me. And so we're going to move the conversation out of the last segment. I'm highlighting that because as much as y'all are holding on to those comments, we're moving to this. And so when I see this example and see you say, hey, that's the problem. But I wanted to highlight, and I'll let DeAsia respond, then we'll go to Dr. G. The reason I highlighted this comment is because we'll say that's the problem without realizing that cut is more about a result. We'll call something a a problem that's actually a result. And if you once you realize it's a result, then you would have to return to how did we get here where some men are carrying themselves like we hear in that cut, where they have now turned themselves into the quote-unquote prize. And we'll go, that's the problem. No, we're talking about the results. You cannot solve it looking at the problem. The dialogue has to come from how did we get here to where now some man sees himself as the prize. DeAsia, if you can, again, switch with me and change the direction. I know you can do it with me. I want to get a quick thought from you, then we're going to go to Dr. G. Um, when I listened to that clip, uh, it made me cringe. And I'm, I'm glad that we are talking about that now because I was like, this is a bitch-ass nigga. That's really what, it, it, that's what came to my mind. I'm sorry. But um, in that clip, it, when when I hear men speak like that, I go to who raised them. You know, like, did they have father figures in their lives? Um, how was their relationship with in the home with the, even if they had a father in the home or whatever, how, how, did, your, how did that man actually treat their mom? Because just because you have a father in the home doesn't mean that he's present and doesn't mean that he's from good. So it's what, what he was taught. Because for a man to actually flip that role, try to flip that role and make it to where now he's going to sit back and have women pursuing him, that's not a position. That's not the position that the men that I'm I'm used to um, from where I came from and how I came up and how men did things, that's not the type of man that I'm used to actually seeing. You know, and naturally men pursue women and and and, i mean even in the wild when you see it in the wild you see the men they that's what they do they 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 battle it out for the for the woman it's it's it just is what it is now how that goes it's not like it's barbaric like we're we're like literally fighting or anything like that but the um the men are the most beautiful creatures in nature they're always the ones that you know try to be flashy and do whatever in order to get the girl to come to them but it's still some type of way it's still a way in order to 
try to put yourself in a position where, hey, they see you or something like that, but just to say you're going to sit back and you're not going to do anything and you're just going to let this woman pursue you, that's that's a complete um, role reversal that I can't get with. I I, I don't like that. No, I understand that, and I'm going to go to Dr. G. And I would highlight if today's discussion is does our society disregard black fathers, I am highlighting that that example is a result of how long that has happened to the point where we're starting to see the role reversal, in my opinion, comes from, as you pointed out, who raised them. Dr. G, your thoughts? Thank you, um, um, DeAsia, for your three cents this morning. Appreciate you, Queen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 don't have, I don't have any problem, you know, necessarily with what he said. Um, you know, like maybe some of his strategies might be a problem, but I agree with Jendaya that in nature we see that the masculine is the most beautified uh, agenda of pretty much all species. Our role is to show up and be beautiful and powerful, right? So, so when, you see, when you see the dance between the masculine and feminine bird in the Papua New Guinea, mm-hmm. It's it's the bird who's most colorful, who's mm. building the nest, right? When you see a pufferfish who's down in the bottom of the ocean who puts together mandelas, ge- geographical mandelas with sand, and he cleans it and makes sure that everything is clean. This is the role of the masculine. This is what this young brother is speaking about. It's like, I'm not going to pursue you in that way. I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to be strong, beautiful, and powerful and have resources so that I attract you. To me, this is what the masculine does, and European European society has distorted that, right? All throughout nature, when you see you see the masculine is beautiful. When you look at ancient history and ancient art, it is the masculine that is depicted as beautiful. When you see African men and when you see Native American men, you see men who are adorned with flowers, with crystals, with paint. This is, this, this is mimicking nature. And so the masculine, our role is to show up and be beautiful. We've been away from that. We've got men who are overweight. We've got men who are dying prematurely because of diabetes, heart, 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 heart attacks. We have to get back to being who we are, which is beautiful and powerful. And so in, 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 in what he's saying, I don't see that as a problem because that's how I live my life. You know me, Montoya. I'm in the gym. I'm in shape. You know, I mean, like, I take care of myself for the purpose of attracting the queen into my life, right? So, so this is something that we have to get back to. You know, I, 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 don't, I think that that's part of the cosmic blueprint. The masculine is always beautiful. And in European society, we've gotten away from that because that's not who they are. Right? And when we look at their history, mm-hmm. you, you, you never see any, any depiction of a man pulling his woman out of a cave by her hair with a club in his hand. That's a European concept. I mean, so we don't treat our women that way historically, right? The black man has always been the most beautiful of all genders on the planet and the human family, and that is because he mimics nature. 
Let me get Jedi here. We got about a minute and a half mm-hmm. for the next break, Jedi. Give me your thoughts. Yeah, I heard a few a few messages in that one. Uh, uh, men don't like rejection any more than women do. Okay, <laughs> and so I get the brother's plea of like, dang, it's like you don't know what you're finna, um, you know, like walk into when approaching women these days because there is that level of defense, especially if she's not attracted anyway, you know. But I also heard, um, uh, like what the brother was saying about the peacock, the 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 balance of masculine and feminine, feminine and masculine. We both possess these things. We we both we possess both as men and women. So on one side he's saying what he's not going to do, but on the other side he's genuinely doing those things. He is setting himself up to be attracted. It's like it's, it, when it comes to relationship, there is a there's a mating dance between a man and a woman. So it's not necessarily okay. I'm going to walk exactly. up to you and be like, hey, you know what I'm saying? It could be the, the 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 eye contact. That's how my husband and I got together. You know, we were in passion. <laughs> you know, being flirtatious. You know what I'm saying? So, so it's not just about, mm-hmm. oh, going to go walk up on a sister and be like, yeah, hey, how you doing? I'm interested. It's simply giving eye contact that says I'm interested in you and finding out if that is mutual. So when he walk up, he's not being rejected, you know. So he kind of talks like in between his hurt and, his, and you know, <laughs> and his mm-hmm. healing. But mm-hmm. I, I kind of got it on, on all both sides of that because we are a representation of both. And when it comes to um, of the approach of each other, that in itself is a mating dance. That in itself is body language. It is um, um, that leads to the conversation mm-hmm. and okay. or the mutual attraction. I got you. Um, yeah, I think I learned something. I learned something there. We're up against another break. We'll get to caller three six two coming out of the break. Uh, we'll be right back. All I ask is that you think. Yes, our history. Hey, where did you get that hat and T-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at MoneyMotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes. And I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit. And what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made $0 an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. And everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk, talk. They still know with me. Because I look like money. Smell like money. Talk like money. Even walk like you know, Fib, everybody wants to know, is there a possibility of, of, of you, you know, actually your son your son wants to sit down with you? No, he doesn't. See, Charlamagne, man, you would call me. You'll call TMZ to say you want to sit down. Mm. Think about it, man. In the text messages, without, if y'all get a chance to look at him, that's me talking to his mother. Because his mother's texting me through his phone. I told you I was giving out half a million dollars a year. They go through the paperwork, they say half a million dollars a year. Well, at that point, she still was expecting more. This is why I took her to child support. You don't usually sign up for child support. Like, mm-hmm. I took myself to child support because she wasn't understanding that they were already giving you more than you're supposed to get. Then when it turns into the 6700 that's not enough. And 
It's never going to be enough. Mm-hmm. But remember me constantly coming to you and talking to you about she don't want to work. She need to get a job. She didn't hear me. Yeah, you, you used to always say uh, that it's, it's, he's almost 18. The child support's going to be up. going to be up soon. And you, you don't see it because that's not real to them. They just live in the moment. Like, and it's, it's fine. I'll take care of it on the next thing when it comes. The next, the next check's coming in every month. Like, I, I don't feel the pressure that, or resentment that men feel with, with child support because I take care of it when the problems happen. Mm-hmm. With, like, and for him, it's his aunt, really. His aunt can make it easier for me because mm-hmm. I don't really like his mom like that. So, But we have been able to share and, and raise him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no real fighting that. Like that, and we're going. You would think puff that puppy situation. You would there's nothing else there. Yeah. yeah. You know, most young, most young men grow up and they realize that you know they they was only getting one side of the story, usually from the mother. But yeah. that's that's when they want to you know go go talk to the pops and they, like damn have that relationship. Kind of, it kind of happened in in um, raising Canaan. Yeah, you know, raising Canaan was was like was really like him. If the kid has been sheltered and he looks and he's excited by ghosts, he's wearing a suit and stuff, and, and you don't really understand who ghosts it. To this point, when you've, if you've mailed someone a million dollars, right, and have zero respect for you, how much you think you got to give them before they have a little bit? Dang. Mm-hmm. Dang. You know it's not going to, that relationship, I don't think that works. By the way, if you are the person who said, have a baby by me, baby, be a millionaire, so that's your fault. Yeah, this is after I got the numbers back. <laughs> after they told me what, what was going to happen if you do. I said, what? That's crazy. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. Special guest co-host, Zendaya Hill-Jones, for this morning's discussion, Does Our Society Disregard Black Fathers? Our special guest is Dr. G, as we're just getting deep into this discussion. And again, learned something in that last segment. Um, Ty from Cali looks like she doesn't want to get in now. For all the other callers, we only got 10 minutes left. If you're a first-time caller, you do have to press 1 if you're trying to speak. So we'll go. Okay, she wants to get in. All right, let me get her in. Hey, Ty, how you doing, Queen? What you got for us this morning? Hey, I felt, so I took myself off the cube because I was like, wow, that was even more powerful than what I was going to say in regards to, to the to the guy who um, who's kind of like doing his peacocking. Um, what I was going to refer to with that was, I think what I heard was he basically said he'll exercise that those muscles for the woman that's worth it to him. Okay. And I nope. think that that kind of gets left out of the discussion of, for the person that's worth it to that person, then they'll do it. So I think that <clears throat> we probably do have to talk a little bit more about fatherless daughters too, um, to why maybe some people don't know that dance that does kind of happen uh, mm-hmm. to where how people treat you when they actually desire you. And that's so I real. think that that kind of, you know, you know, you know and, and so basically he's saying, for the woman that I want, I'll go after, but for the rest of you guys, I'm assuming that I could put you in the category of sex because you're coming after me. And so I think that if there were more of these discussions within the home with young girls, they'll be able to identify and be able to kind of say, hey, this person probably doesn't really want me like that or or have more context. And so 
you won't be a young lady seeing that guy and you talk to him and you see him on a show drinking wine and saying this is kind of how he perceives that, you know, but, but I feel like the, um, the thing with 50 Cent was a little bit more powerful. So I'm like, okay, let me not put myself no, in the no, thank you. I, thank you. I'm, I'm interested in hearing what Dr. G has to say about what you're saying. Cause I think there's a lot of power in what you're saying when, uh, you, like you said, a father plays that role in, in, in your life, now you can distinguish and not be maybe one of those women that chase him because, as you I like that thought or whatever. Dr. D, what are your thoughts to what Ty brought to the table? Again, trying to relate it to some to agree back to this morning's discussion as well. Yeah, I mean, I agree, I agree with what she's saying. You know, you know, having a father in the life of 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 a daughter um, it 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 gives her insight into how the masculine values the feminine or it should or devalues the feminine you know um being able to have communication my like my daughter i'm my daughter's confidant right she comes to me and talk to me, and I give her insight from a masculine perspective. Most of my clients are women now, and so they value the masculine perspective. So being able to have, you know, that type of conversation with a man and seeing that perspective, how men carry themselves, right, how men talk to women, how they interact with women, um, is, is invaluable. And, and so, yeah, I agree with her. Like, this guy is saying that for those who I am compelled and inspired and motivated to do the dance with, I will do that. Right, but the others will have to come and approach me and present themselves so I can see what it is that they bring to the table. But I'm not just out here chasing. Right. And and I don't have any problem with that, you know. No, fair enough. Let me jump Jindaya here real quick. We only got a few minutes. Jindaya, I'm gonna push you to the cut from fifty. Obviously that's something that's pop you know, out here in pop culture, if you will, what's going on with them in the public and not to focus on fifty specifically. Uh, but just in that dialogue there was a lot said where he said, hey, I tried to be in my father, in my child's life. I was providing a half a million dollars. And that, unfortunately, when it comes to our black men disregarded, you talked about it briefly with maybe even your own son, is the idea of how that effort can dis- get disregarded and black men can be put out there, even though they are re- in reality attempting to be very much a part of their lives and they can be misunderstood. So I wanted to hear more of your thoughts about that. And I'm just giving a brief synopsis of the 50 cent situation since we don't have that much time. Uh, that piece took me back to the poem. Um, the poem, A Son with a Father, Without a Father, um, yeah, a Book Without an Author, that was a line. You know, it took me back to that piece where they said, um, where he said, uh, mamas who eat, uh, eat on their young. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It took me back to that line because, yes, that that is a part of, of the um, – of the uh, uh, the disregard uh, of black fathers is that as women we too can be, as black women we can be a part of this problem um, because there are men who are trying to actually be a part of their children's life and the women are putting black women and I'm speaking about us so so I don't have to keep saying black okay <laughs> um, we mm-hmm. have to be mindful of raising our sons and our hurt. You know, especially when you have fathers that want to be present. The whole making the child the man of the house, opinion. You know, the whole because you're not dating and you don't want a man because men are this and men are that, you wind up unconsciously a lot of times raising your your, your child as your man accordingly. You're keeping him there, you know. 
Um, and so, like, listening to that and even, like I said, from personal experiences, indeed, this is the part where that we have to work through uh, as sisters, you know, with allowing men to to be present because it makes it makes all the difference. But that's what I was hearing, like, from that piece. And mm-hmm. then when they get older and they go they go seek out their fathers, you know, then it's like, oh, they realize that it was one side. I, too, have worked with boys and girls in rites of passage, and this is something that always comes to fold. And I'm always reminding them, you know, your parents have their own stories to tell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and right now, there will come a time when you will greet your father, you know, and you will have a different understanding in, in his perspective in the relationship. And, and, yeah, then they wind up literally creating those relationships later on in life. And that's now, what we have to get away from is, is having to wait for that. You know, now, getting let me, right let me do this, now. do this real quick. Getting I'm right going to try something real hard. 901, last 3151. I'm going to give you one minute to make a comment. we got to close this show out, but I just want to sneak you in. 151, you're live on the air. Give us your three cents on this morning's discussion. Oh, this is the age. I don't know why he wants to kick me out. But um, my my opinion on the uh, on on this on this portion of it is that uh, a lot of women, unfortunately, do things like that where they try and keep the the, the children away from the father because they have an issue with the father. The father the the relationship isn't working, and just because. Sometimes a man may not necessarily be able to be a good man for you doesn't mean that he can't be a good father towards his children. And out of spite, mm-hmm. a lot of times women uh, try to keep them away. But in this case with 50, that lady, she was just money hungry because if anybody remember when 50 came out that Wankster video, he had his son in his video. He was crazy about his son. And I remember those feuds that was going on between Fifty in that woman. That's the reason why I never jumped down on Fifty, because even though Fifty is petty, I never jumped down on Fifty because I remember that whole dispute. Mm-hmm. So it's it, unfortunately um, the reason why the father isn't in a lot of these kids' lives is because of the mother, and that's just that's the unfortunate reality. Nah, thank you for those thoughts. Thank you for making it quick. Um, thank you for jumping back in as well. Nah, appreciate you for work, rocking with us this morning, Queen. All right, we got a couple of minutes, so I want to make sure that um, anybody out there listening can understand how to stay in contact with both of our guest movements. Uh, Dr. G is one of our therapists for our community checkup that I do with the Arts and Culture Show with Brother Sincere. So thank you for all the work you've done and all the people you've been able to help inside the club. I do encourage people to become members of our club at mentaldialogue.com. Jendaya recently became a member. I hope you got your care package from us uh, recently, Jendaya, if you will. I did, I did. Uh, super dope, super dope. But Dr. G, if you will, um, I don't know if you put out public information for people to get in contact with you, but I will tell anyone if you like what you're hearing from Dr. G, is an amazing therapist, and want to use him, you can come through me if you have my contact. But anything you want to put out, Dr. G, please do it right now. Yeah, I mean, you can find me, like, again, on Facebook and, and through you, certainly, you know. Um, so, I'm, I'm, you know, you can reach me through that Facebook Gerald Carlton Hassell, H-A-S-S-E-L-L, on Facebook, and I'll get back with you. Sounds good. Jandai, you are a part of, you know, several movements, Black, Grown, and Married. Um, but anything you want to put out publicly, please put it out now. Thank you for a great discussion this morning, Queen. Absolutely. Y'all can get at me at symbol Black, Grown, and Married via Facebook and Instagram. Now, I love it. 
Does our society disregard black fathers? Uh, similar to what Brother Donald Atkinson said, uh, we understand that that is a reality and that is something that you're up against. However, like Dr. Donald Atkinson and Dr. G said, individually you can choose a different path regardless of the numbers, and I would highly encourage mm-hmm. us to have more conversations about being intentional, and I would highlight the one miss I think we got was just understanding that getting more boys and girls to act in a way that is conduent to having strong families come seeing it. And so we have to have, in my opinion, even encouragement for healthy marriages before children. That's where mm-hmm. you raise people into a culture of understanding how to be men versus having to figure it out once you're broken, quite unfortunately, on your own or raising a cycle of boys who've never been raised in the manhood. And so the disregard for fatherhood previously ends us up talking about things that are unfortunately results and we're calling them problems. If it's a result, we have to go back to how you fix it. I love this conversation. Thank y'all today. We'll see y'all Healthy next time. Healthy marriage is strong community. Absolutely. All I ask is that you think.